Welcome to the Heartstream Musings podcast, a podcast to help you on your journey of self-love. I'm your host, Lisa Mae Francisco, a self-love coach and inner child guide. In the podcast, we'll dive deep on how to heal your inner child wounds, break your relationship patterns, and liberate your truth so you can claim the relationships in life that you deserve. Thanks so much for listening. I'm super excited that you're here. Hello, welcome everybody to the Heart Street Musings podcast. I am so excited for this episode. I love that I'm always excited for all of my episodes, but today is going to be a solo episode. Uh, For the past couple of episodes, especially for season two, I wanted to do something different where I integrated different guests on the podcast because I wanted to bring on different perspectives. I wanted to learn more about how their other people got into their line of work and just share their story in hopes that it would help you and inspire you, whether you or whether they were also on the journey of having different downloads, spiritual insights, in the line of healing, and all of that good stuff. But today I'm taking it back <laughs> to myself, going inwards and It's been really fun to connect with people and see how their journeys have brought them to where they are and also connect with them in a different way. But I really wanted to focus this episode on reflection. And anytime that I do a solo episode, it's all about me either sharing a personal experience that I've had and reflecting on how that has impacted me, influenced me shaped who I am in hopes that it also provides inspiration for you. And really, selfishly, it's an outlet for me. It's one of my favorite things to do. Obviously, I am a coach, but a part of my work is being able to tap into my creativity, that life force. And when I have a mic or when I am expressing myself, whether it's through written communication, verbal communication, I have really likened to doing podcasting. And whenever I have an opportunity to share and record a solo episode, I create it as almost like a sacred experience, meaning I am intentional about what the topic is. I have gotten less and less rigid on what exactly I'm going to say. And I just allow spirit to speak through me, right? I first learned when I was in 12-step community, we would often give talks and it would be about you sharing your experience. And afterwards, there would be three types of talks, right? The one that you had prepared, the one that you actually said, and then the talk that you wish you said afterwards. (laughs) And so I remember doing these podcast episodes thinking, oh, okay, I'm going to focus on these topics and I'm going to say this and I even scripted it out, but I've learned to just let go, allow that magic to come in and know that spirit source is speaking through me and whatever needs to come up and out of me is what is going to resonate and land with you. And so today I am going to speak about women's circles, the potent power of women's circles and their origins. My first experience of sitting in a women's circle, my first time gathering in any type of circle that's intimate and sacred, 
and the self-love circles that I've hosted, the most recent one that I hosted um, this past weekend, and just where it's going to take me. And so I just, I really wanted to talk about the power of that. And so I'm going to dive right into it. And I will say the first time that I ever sat in a circle, and mind you, it can be anything, right? Like even if it's just you and another person, to me, that's still a circle because the purpose of a circle is to have a sacred space to share what's in your heart, share what's coming up for you, get out of your head, into your body, and into your heart, and have an opportunity, have a platform to just drop your mask and be seen and connect. And ultimately, that is the purpose of a circle. And so like I mentioned, whether or not it's with two people, like that's still a circle because that's what the purpose of a circle is being able to drop down into your body, releasing your mask and just be seen and shared and connect in that true way. And so the first time that I ever experienced anything like that would be when I first got into the 12 step community. And that was in 2011. And I remember not really understanding if you've ever been to a 12-step community or meeting, it's like your first, I don't know, your first time or just what the fuck is going on. And it's just people sharing like fucking raw, super authentic to a bunch of fucking strangers about what's coming up for them. Like essentially that's what it is. Um, Obviously it's supplemented by the 12 steps. That was my first spiritual community that has led the doors to other different healing modalities and different communities and all that stuff. And I really attribute my spiritual growth and journey. That was just the catalyst for me to explore and find meaning and my own unique journey and reflection of what is my own concept of spirituality. And spirituality to me is being able to understand your spirit in a different way, whether it's through the context of people, whether it's through the context of nature, whether it's through the context of believing in some sort of higher power or collective conscious, or as I mentioned in the beginning, I call it spirit. You can call it God, goddess, mamagaya, shakti, all of that stuff. It's all the same. It's all, we're all made out of energy. And so that was the first time that I would say I really understood or had an experience or a glimmer of, okay, this is what it's like to connect with people. And I think that's why those 12-step models actually work for people who want to overcome what they're going through, challenges or any addictions. It's because there's a sense of community and support of like-minded people who literally put their judgments at the door as soon as they step in, you're equal, right? And what binds you is your experiences and your feelings. And I remember being that being so potent and powerful, and that led me to stay sober. And I attribute my ability to share so vulnerably and honestly through that. And I'm so grateful to that community. 
And that's where I learned what the hell is an ego. <laughs> I remember people were just talking about it and I thought, what the fuck is an ego? I was like, is that is that the ego voice when I like want to share and I get fucking pissed that I don't get called on by the speaker that I can't share because I have something fucking amazing to share that's going to be a spiritual bomb to everybody else and they're just be like so enlightened by my words. That's what I totally used to think. Self-interested, right? Of the purpose of why I need to share versus needing to get it out of me versus having it be service-led of helping other people with my share. And... I just, I love that. And it's so funny because it's easy for me to share with a bunch of strangers because I was trained to in that way. I definitely have that strong muscle. So if you put me in a group of like random people, I I have no problem getting in it. But the minute that I started to know people or people that I was close to, it was hard for me to share, right? Because There was some sort of non-judgment with a group of strangers. You're not like directly affected by me or my feelings. And I can tell you these things because you have no direct correlation or you're not influenced or impacted by what I'm about to say, whereas other people are. And I put me in a group of people and I can get real deep. (laughs) Like I have no problem doing that. And I actually thrive off of that. And I love doing that. And I love being able to help other people reflect on their own experiences just by my own shares and expression of voice. And so that's where I really credit this idea of allowing me to have this experience for the first time of gathering with other people. Granted, some were co-ed and I do admit it was hard. I remember when I first got sober, there were a lot of cute guys. There are a lot of cute guys and it was almost just like filtering my share, right? I don't want to sound too crazy. What if I want to date these people? And it's funny. I remember my first year of, of sobriety, a lot of people said, oh, my first sponsor, she said, it's going to be meetings, movies, and masturbation. <laughs> like, that's going to be your life for the next year. But what I also found so potent were the women's circles, the women's circles where you could really lean into what does it mean to be around this feminine energy. And it was so interesting because the first 12-step meeting I ever went to, it was a women's group and they were so fucking beautiful. I was like, what the hell? These people are so fabulous. They look like they have amazing jobs. And I think it was because they had beautiful designer purses and they just all looked pretty with their makeup. And I was like, oh, y'all don't look fucking crazy. (laughs) You look amazing. (laughs) And that's what really connected me, right? Granted how superficial it was, it was because I saw myself in them through my eyes first before hearing them before feeling them in my heart. And it allowed me to be free in a way, knowing that I was safe with other women. And granted, I talk about it in a previous episode of The Sister Wound, right? Sometimes you might not be comfortable sharing in a group setting because either you're private, you just have an uncomfortable time in general of sharing your emotions, let alone to a bunch of strangers or women, or maybe you have trauma of women bullying you and ostracizing you when you're younger 
and you're like, I don't like women because they're threatened by me. They are mean to me. I've had bad experiences. They bully me, all of that stuff. And so maybe you don't feel comfortable in a women's circle. And as we take those things on into different things, it's when we do gatherings, it's so important, I think, to create this sacred space of one, it's sacred, right? Sacred meaning what is the purpose? And I talked about it in the beginning of it's an opportunity to leave your shit at the door and not be judged and drop that mask and just be seen and shared. And I want to talk about the origins of the circle. And I have this book called The Women's Circle, How to Gather with Meaning, Intention, and Purpose by Anushka Florence. And it's a beautiful book about how to structure your circles, different rituals that you can do with women, the origins of the circle. And so I'm going to give a little bit of a background, like historical background of circles. And I love this passage. And I'm going to reference this and put it in the show notes, but I'm going to read this part. And she says, women's circles are ancient, deep within us. We know them. We feel them. We long for them. When we step back into them, we feel the women before us, the ones who knew their divinity, the ones who were free. Yet with that, we also feel the pain of the suppression that broke these circles away. And thus, every time we step back into circle, we are calling our power back the light and the dark, the wisdom and the magic. And through a collective healing and a collective remembering, we awaken. We do this for our grandmothers. We do this for our daughters. We do this for our sisters, our mothers, ourselves. For there is no safer space for a woman than a sacred space held by the sacredness of the circles. A space for you to remember who you really are. And in remembering who you really are, you let go of who they told you to be. Mm. So good. That really touched my heart. I think I'm going to read that every time I hold a circle. It's just really beautiful to set the intention, right? And the origins of the circle can date back to, they were documented in 800 CE. Isn't that crazy? And they stem from African roots. And so these spaces, they were actually created for women when they were menstruating, when they were on their moon. And so oftentimes in the villages, women lived very close to one another in close proximity. And it wouldn't, it was pretty normal for a village to all the women to be menstruating together. And so these circles were essentially moon lodges, menstrual huts, these the red tent. And so it was a nice sacred space for these women to gather together to honor their cycle, to honor nature, to honor the moon cycles as well. And they would leave their responsibilities behind and rest and go inward. And now you see these practices coming back of what it means to work with your energy as a woman 
the different phases of your cycle, even understanding the different phases of the actual moon. When do you need to take rest using seasons? When are you in winter, spring, summer, and fall? What foods to eat, nourishment? And it was also believed that women during this time were very powerful. And so these communities that they lived in, they would ask the women that were actually menstruating to ask spirits for guidance because it was believed that they had these spiritual powers, right? And they were just in these tents and commuting together, talking, just being women, doing rituals, all of these beautiful, amazing things. And so it was just truly seen as a reverent space for healing, letting go, and just being around each other. And these traditions have been all over the world, Native American tribes, and so on. And it's interesting because in a society that used to be very matriarchal, the Western world and patriarchy started to come up. And these organized religions and these feminine, these sacred feminine spaces and nature rituals and traditions and these communities were eventually forbidden. And so in the 15th century, there was this public, this book called The Hammer of the Witches, which essentially was a guide on how to hunt and persecute women that were in their power. And when the book, it talks about how is the destruction of the feminine spiritual traditions and the teachings and how women were persecuted and any time that a woman was in her power, men felt very threatened and they were forced to hide it and bury it. And so that's why often today you hear a lot about the witch wound, right? People don't want to show their weirdness, their woundness, their power because people might be threatened by it because we were often killed or persecuted for being in our femininity. And so I'm actually really excited to see this resurgence of what your divine feminine nature. And essentially to me, that means, and I actually changed my tagline to empowering you to awaken to your own divinity, because I do believe that everyone is, holds that goddess like spirit. Everyone is their own queen. And so being able to tap into that and recognize your power and be seen, whether it's in a group amongst women or a group amongst men or just people in general, I truly believe how potent it is to just return back to that part of you. And from going to a space of being able to hide it to now being able to flourish it and having women seek it out. And you see this almost a little bit in a way of a saturation of like divine feminine content and coaches, but it's because people, especially women, the collective are awakening and remembering, no, I'm not supposed to act in a very masculine way. It doesn't feel good to me. I want to connect to my body. I want to be in my receptive state. I want to be in my reflection and listening and emotional sides. And so it's just really beautiful that, there is a resurgence of what does it mean to be a woman and host a circle in a space that allows women to go back to these traditions that allows us to remember who we are. And the first time that I sat in addition to 12-step community of a women's circle was in 2016, like a legit women's circle that wasn't 12-step based. And that's when I really started to broaden my horizons of 
actually no, it was 2015. What does it mean to be (laughs) in a women's circle? And I was going through a breakup at the time and I just needed support. I needed more support. I needed more sisters to understand what it meant for me to be there and be seen and just share what was going on. And I remember I went to this woman's circle. It was in Williamsburg. It was so beautiful. It was in a tent and there were flowers. We pulled oracle cards and it was just so amazing. And I was really going through my breakup and I was very emotional. There were some parts I remembered about the circle, some parts I didn't. We did some breath work, which was awesome. And that really catapulted me into the modality of breath work and really being able to process and move my emotions and feel my extremities tingle and feel that connection to the kundalini life force and feeling shakti and all of that. And mind you, shakti is the divine feminine side of that God essence. So it's that whole matriarchal view. And it's that life force that allows you to be creative. A lot of people ascribe to it this sexual energy because when we are in our sexual energy, we create. And so there are different ways to harness that and feel it and activate it, whether it's through kundalini practices, pranayama, all of that stuff, whatever practices you have. And so when I was doing breath work, I definitely felt her presence and it just felt so good. And she has many different faces of the goddess, whether it's... Kali or many other goddesses. And so I just remember being so cracked open in my heart, being able to, and we didn't share in a way of what was coming up for us, but it was a shared experience of understanding how to use your breath to tap into your heart. And that was my first somatic practice. And it felt so beautiful. And so it was like there were no words, but we all felt it. We all felt the potent magic and power and energy of being there and that we were healing and we were moving emotions together without needing to articulate it. And you would cry, you would scream, you would do all of these cathartic primal things and you would just get angry, you would laugh, basically flexing your throat chakra. (laughs) As women, we often hide or make ourselves small in order to make other feel other people feel better or we overextend and we give too much and it's like fuck that fuck that people defining us people telling us who we need to be in society and to be able to have the sacred space where you can just let all of your multifaceted parts and dimensions out without any identity is just beautiful And so that's, you know, that time how I experienced women's circles. And then it led me to, and I've gone to many different retreats. Like I'm like, no joke, I'm a a retreat junkie. (laughs) So that's the way I love to experience vacationing in addition to my solo trips and obviously traveling with my boo and family. But I just love taking taking time, reflecting, looking at where I need to make space, looking and calling in and being intentional about what do I want to bring in and what are my true desires and feeling restored and renewed and recalibrated and refreshed in a way. And there's something so powerful just about connecting with other women and realizing, oh my God, they feel the same. 
And like I mentioned before, it's pretty daunting when it's a new group and everyone like tiptoeing around each other. But ultimately at the end of the day, everybody wants to be seen, heard, and loved. And so how can you contribute to that? How can you participate? Because the power and the magic of the circle is potent and it can only go as deep as you want it to go. And so if you are happen to be at a women's circle and just, ah, this is not really that great. <laughs> it's, are you bringing your ego and judging the person facilitating? One, who is doing a lot of hard work <laughs> of facilitating, intention setting, thinking of it, the rituals, getting everything together. Trust me, I know what that's like. Or like how much are you sharing? Are you just like taking up space and like soaking up energy and allowing it to be embodied into your own like energetic code and taking it in and there's a time and place of like maybe you just don't want to share you just want to listen um but look at what your energy is when you enter a circle are you bringing good vibes or are you bringing complaining vibes or what's not like women's circles are not bitch fests like they are not meant to be bitch fests in my opinion they aren't and but it's a place for reflection. It's, you know, my podcast is called Heartstream Musings. I basically have a one-to-many women's circle, but it's just me for talking how long. <laughs> I'm the only speaker <laughs> in, in this circle. But you all are listening. And I hope it resonates. And I hope it makes you think differently. And I hope it makes you reflect on, like, how whatever topic I'm talking about is reflected in your own life whether it promotes change, whether you agree or disagree with me. These are just my opinions and my stories that are heavily influenced by my personal experiences. And women's circles are just, there's a time for complaining, all right? But bring it back to you of what's the trigger in you and why are you triggered, right? There, I really like to think about that's what I want to get into is the sacredness, right, of the circle agreements and what makes them safe and how to retain that, that safety for people. And I took this circle training by the Wild Woman Project, and it was a circle leader training. And me and other dear sisters, we did it together, I think, for seven weeks, seven or eight weeks. Maybe it was like six to eight weeks. And it was beautiful because, I mean, it was deep. I had modules every Monday, live classes Wednesday, and then Thursdays we had our live women's circles. And it was beautiful because every topic that we had a women's circle was different. And we still continue that tradition today um, of, of still commuting together and joining together and being in sisterhood. And we have a WhatsApp group. And shout out to the ladies. Um and we support each other. We share our fears. And, you know, in that circle, what I really learned were the circle agreements of what does it mean to create a safe space? And it's about confidentiality. So what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. So if someone needs to drop in an anchor and really share what's coming up for them, they feel safe enough to know that what they're sharing is not going to be repeated outside these doors that their identity is not going to be revealed because you just never know who knows each other. And being able to have that already addressed 
allows you to feel comfortable, allows your nervous system to feel regulated when it already can be dysregulated with a group of like new strangers and women. And what does a safe space mean for you? It means that when someone, it means understanding and learning your energetic boundaries. So if someone is sharing something heavy, don't take it with you. I have Palo Santo and my circles, just burn it and put it around you to clear energy, to clear space. What's yours is yours. What's mine is mine. And we leave it there at the circle. The alchemical way of, of healing is being able to share and the magic and the healing is already in the circle and having that space. And so remembering that you don't need to take on people's challenges, what they share home with you. It doesn't have to damper you. Be really cognizant and create this protective aura around you when people share and not and try not to get mired in like codependent tendencies or behaviors or feeling like you need to fix. And that's another thing. Like I explicit, I'm very explicit about people when they share. I say, if you desire to have feedback, if you desire for solutions, if you desire for people to comment, say it. If you don't, then just say, I want to be heard. I just want you to listen. And that's it. Right. So it's very easy when someone presents a challenge that they're going through that you want to fix it because sometimes you just don't want to see people in pain. Right. But what I really love in Circle is that it's not necessarily meant to share and connect in our brokenness. It's like we need to transcend the whole idea of trauma bonding. Like, sure, maybe we experienced something that was challenging, but it doesn't define us. And we're not connected in our brokenness, but in our oneness and our wholeness. And so understanding that you are not broken, you do not need to be fixed. You are operating and you can tap into your highest self. And so what was that look like? I'm remembering people to, like I mentioned, awaken to their own divinity, their internal guidance, their wisdom, their oracle and their power, which means that they have the capabilities to solve what is going on for them. Sure, they can take advice. It can be data. It can be reference. Like this person did, this person did. That's how that situation worked out for them. But ultimately, at the end of the day, it's of your own accord, your own sovereignty, and your own volition to be able to choose the best route for you, the decision for you, the journey for you, right? That you have ownership and radical accountability for that of how you want to experience your life. Although you can't control what happens to you, but that's a whole other episode. <laughs> and so that's why it's so important to start off the circles with these sacred circle agreements to make sure everyone's safe and to also let them know that everything is an invitation. Everything that you do in circles is an invitation. If someone is not feeling it, they don't have to. Like for example, I had a cacao circle this past weekend and not everyone wanted to drink the cacao. I didn't take offense to it. I was like, you do you. You do what's right for you. I'm not your boss. It's like that saying in the Bible, I'm not my brother's keeper. I trust you to know what's right for you. And you follow your own heart. You follow your own internal guidance and your wisdom. And so allowing people to partake in whatever they want. I also had dancing. If someone didn't want to dance and they just wanted to be in Shavasana, they could. You do you. Do whatever feels fucking amazing to you. And so that's the circle agreements that I like to lead with. And of course, 
allowing people to create a safe space for others, meaning coming in with non-judgment, leaving your inner critic at the door, listening with ears of the heart, seeing with eyes of the heart, being open with a loving lens, compassion, granting each other grace and space to explore and share. And so that's really potent too. And what led me to really dive into these group women gatherings was when I went on that retreat in March. And it was about awakening your sensual body. It's like sensual awakening retreat. And it was women, and we were all around in a circle together, and we were doing rituals. And just like the passage that I read earlier from the Women's Circle book, that deep bodily remembrance. And I'd never experienced that before. And it was because I was truly present. And I was soaking in, taking in everything that we were doing. And I just felt it. I felt tingles in my body of, holy shit, I have done this before. And I didn't have any visions, but it was this, this like sentient is a sentient experience of, I remember, this feels so familiar. It's in my blood. It's in my DNA. And this isn't the first time. And so that's what really catapulted me into a new embodiment of facilitating, of teaching, And mind you, being in a circle doesn't necessarily mean that it's hierarchical if someone is facilitating. It's a a circular exchange. We all give, we all receive, and it's beautiful, right? Someone's just leading it, setting the tone. And I just remember thinking, wow, I do want to do this. Granted, that was a retreat, but I was like, I want to hold mini versions. I will hold a two-hour circle instead. And then I was working with cacao at the time, and I just have had that practice, but I wanted to really formalize it. And I took this training through the Matiosh Method by Christine Olivia, and it was just a beautiful training where we got to really understand and incorporate the history and understand the sanctity of consuming cacao and the origins of how it's made with intention and how some people like the witch wound cannot actually use cacao in their native land. And we talked about the cacao that came from Guatemala, how the Mayans and Aztecs used it for medicinal ceremonial purposes. And it's a plant ally, a guide, and it's beautiful stuff. And I wanted to share that in a circle of women, one, to allow them to open their heart Because the whole power of it is just being able to be seen. And so I really wanted to implement cacao in the way that we do it in the Matiosh method is also incorporate ecstatic dancing and movement, right? Really moving the emotions through you. And so the somatic movement that I used was breath work in the very beginning of my circles. And now this was movement and also incorporating cacao and also incorporating time to share and allow others to express what came up for them their desires, their fears, all of that stuff. And how can we support each other as we traverse together on a similar journey, 
walking side by side, hand, hand in hand. And so the first time that I held a women's circle of my own was with another woman and it was a self-love circle. We really focused on the inner critic and it was a huge circle, but it was so powerful because a lot of women really got to share what was coming up for them and they got to understand that they weren't alone with the inner critic and that everyone had that voice too. And oftentimes we just compare someone's outsides to their insides. And this whole idea of compare and despair, like you just have no idea what someone is actually internally going through just because they put on a face. The other day I was out the whole fucking day. I have not done that in so long. I work from home. The people I talk to are my clients, podcast interviews, communities I'm a part of. I mean, granted, I'm talking all the time, but to be physically out all day in different energies, feeling other people's energies, like I'm, I have a filter of a screen. And so it's almost like this little bubble that allows my nervous system to feel more regulated than others. And I was out the whole day. I was like, oh my God, I'm so exhausted. I'm tired. (laughs) I'm tired. I can't do this. And so I, I, it just really hits you. And having that opportunity to – I have no idea why I even shared that. But anyways, getting back to the whole compare and despair, women just didn't realize that other people had this, this inner voice. And so it was so important to connect and share what was coming up. I had to take a drink there. I was like, oh my God, I've been talking for 40 minutes right now. But anyways – And it was just really important for us to create a space for people to come to people, for people to dismantle their inner critic, to know that they're not the only ones on this internal battle. And I'm drinking water again. And it was just so beautiful. And I felt so high from that. And then from that, once I realized, oh my God, this is what I absolutely love to do. It gets me lit up as fuck and I want to do more of this. I got a taste of it when I was in 12-step community of being able to share and do Dharma talks and then to be able to be in that space again. Obviously, I get it when I'm doing podcasting, but there isn't an audience that I can actually see, but that's okay. I don't mind. It just allows me to have that practice of being able to share and then also knowing that I can do it in front of a group, obviously I was nervous. I was like, oh my God, I want to do this solo. And I wanted to prove it to myself that I could do it solo because I have been dreaming about it for so long. I've been dreaming about it since 2011. I really have. And to be able to do it is just, to be able to love myself enough to go after my dreams. That's powerful. That's the ultimate fulfillment of your needs, listening to yourself, listening to your heart and thinking of how can we make that happen? How can we resource you to follow your dreams? So I'm very proud of myself. And so that's why I've held my first woman's circle this past Sunday. And it was so beautiful. And I called in all the, the, the 12 women and 
I called them in with flowers. <laughs> I, I go on these walks in my neighborhood and I pick these flowers and I set it on my altar. And I set the intention of what I wanted the vibe to be, what I wanted them to experience, what I wanted them to take away, how I wanted them to feel. And I kept that as my true north as I started planning out the structure because I did get caught up in my head of, oh my God, it's a reflection on me if the circle's a shit. <laughs> and I realized, no, the, the magic is in the circle. I'm just creating the space for them to do it. I'm creating the space for them to carve out time for themselves. And I'm allowing them to visit this temple what experience Shakti, whatever that is for them. And so it was just really beautiful. And I put so much intention and thought, and I was so mired in what am I going to say? Oh my gosh, a lot of events and sessions and circles and retreats that I love going to, they don't look at their notes. Oh, I'm going to look at my notes. And it's just like sharing. And I found myself getting nervous as it started to begin. And I dropped us into meditation, not only for them, but for myself also, so I could be present and not so in my head about what was going on and how it's being perceived. Because when you have an audience and it's not casted out by blinding lights and you can't really see anybody there, when you have an intimate setting of 12 people, you see their facial expressions. And you can't take it personally if someone is like, looking the other way, or it seems like they're not paying attention because honestly, it's just not a reflection of you. Maybe they had a tired night, all that stuff. And it was funny because I was thinking about when I go to the gym and I have these class sessions and sometimes I'm not paying attention because it's early as fuck and I just didn't sleep and I'm just like tired and yawning, but it doesn't mean the instructor's bad. It's just the mood that I walk in when I think all the instructors are great. And reminding myself of that, just because someone's not paying attention does not mean you're not engaging enough. Or, oh my God, we need to break up the format because this is boring and it's not dynamic. And that's why you need another person to facilitate. <laughs> it's just all these learning experiences and it was beautiful. And I love the fact that I didn't let my fear prevent me from doing it or my perfectionism. Well, it needs to be a perfect circle. I need to have more time under my belt. I want to do it as a teaser. Like all of that stuff. No, I just fucking did it. And I, the women had a beautiful time. And I love the feedback that I got. I love how women were able to get so vulnerable. And it was just really beautiful and a milestone for me because I had that dream since 2011 and being able to set up the space and dream it end to end from conception to execution to my post-debrief of what was it like, understanding internally what happened to allow this to happen and come into this the material realm, but also the logistics and the operation side and the process and offering it to women, this ability to connect themselves and to each other. And so that is why I'm going to expand even more. I love hosting these circles. I'm going to mix it up. I want to do online circles for people that aren't able to join in the Bay Area or wherever I'm located at the moment and even do day retreats. <laughs> it's funny. It's I'm always taking 
my goals to new heights. And so going to be teasing it out soon, but I do have a little surprise coming in September and I'm just riding on the momentum and how lit up I am about holding these spaces for others because I know how powerful it can be to heal in community. That is how I first healed in community. And granted, my communities have changed since 2011, but the sentiment is still the same. The offering is still the same. You know, as you evolve, your circles change, your friends evolve, your people who you surround yourself with evolve, and rightfully so, you know? Um, And so I hope this episode served you in some way or capacity to want to experience a circle, whether it's a women's circle, a men's circle, or a co-ed circle, to explore your inner realm and connect and be seen and share in each other. And the power of how you can also heal in community and that this isn't a lonesome journey. Like you're not the lone wolf. You got to find your own pack. And I always love starting every circle with a wild woman invocation. And that's what I learned in the wild woman project. And I will end it here. And even though it's funny how I'm ending the podcast episode with it, but I just, I love it. And so you light up a candle and you say, let this flame represent the wild spirit that burns within each of us. And as we awaken our own wild spirit, we awaken the collective spirit. So good. So good. If you want to work with me, I have a round of one-on-one coaching opening up. The next round of mentorship begins in November. And it's an opportunity for you to heal your core wounds, to connect to your own inner truth, to be your own wild, authentic self, and awaken to your own divinity. And if you have been following me for a while, you know that the containers that I do these one-on-one coaching offerings are are pretty deep. We do EFT, we get to the root cause, and we allow you to step into that queen, that goddess energy. And it's so beautiful to see people transform before my eyes. And I love holding that space. And so if you want to work with me, I have four spots available. And so just get on the wait list. It's all in the show notes of how to connect. And we begin in November. And if you want to see if we vibe together, definitely book a discovery call. I see a lot of people calling it clarity calls, and I like that more. So book a clarity call. (laughs) And then I'm also hosting women's circles, right? Hosting women's circles. So subscribe to my newsletter. Follow me on Instagram for when those drop. And then be on the lookout for digital ones if you're not in the area of San Francisco or the Bay Area. Because I would love to connect with you. And so thank you for tuning in. 
and I hope you have a beautiful day. But before I sign off, I have a question for you. And I end every episode with this. What are, what are you doing to fill up your own self-love cup and connect to the little you? All right. Bye, people. I will catch you on the next episode.